everyone. It's Kathy Ostapchuk here with you today, one of the co-hosts of the Her Influence podcast, and I will be hosting this episode of the podcast. I'm delighted that you are here with us today, more than delighted. I feel that if you're listening, you are meant to listen to this podcast if you listen to no other one. Why? Because one of our faves, Cheryl Nemhart, is back with us. She is not a stranger to Gather. She has been on our Gather platform. She is not a stranger to the podcast. You are hearing her here again today, and you will be hearing a lot more of her. She is a woman um, that can be scary, quite frankly. When I first met her, I didn't know what to think because she has so much wrapped up in her life, wrapped up into what she carries, her presence, her voice, her message. And I think we're just starting to hear the beginning of all that God has placed in her for such a time as now. We need to listen to her, we need to lean in. Because in the middle of this pandemic, we are also experiencing the middle of the uprising against racial injustice, which also the time is now for that. And Cheryl's voice is so, so important in this whole conversation and in this whole change movement. You know, I I feel that we've been living um, on the surface of our lives and the real waves uh, need to surface. Everything that's below the surface needs to come so that we can face it. And racial injustice is one of those things with my black brothers and sisters. Yes, I've always loved them. Yes, I feel that I've always advocated for them, but I'm learning that I really haven't, that my silence is actually a form of injustice in and of itself. And so this is our time to learn. No matter what race you are today, this is our time to learn, to listen, and to pass the mic to those who really have the experience and the stories and the solutions (laughs) that they can offer to us so we can come alongside in an allied way with them and empower their voices. And so this is what Cheryl's talking about today, allyship, which I absolutely love. At the end of the podcast, I'm gonna go through what she means when she talks about allyship, but you can take a pen and make some notes because there's so much good stuff in here. I love Cheryl, I met her a few years ago, and she was really challenging me, even on the Gather platform, that we needed to be diverse. We needed to be a lot more diverse, and we've had conversations about this, and bringing her into our world has done nothing but um, increase the spaces we hope that women feel that they are welcome too. Let me tell you a little bit about her. I know her as a friend, as a sister. Uh, she is a dynamo. Um, I love her. She's quite fierce. Um, she's a queen. <laughs> she's a diva. Um, but she's so real. So let me tell you a little bit about Cheryl. Cheryl Nemhard is an award-winning filmmaker, playwright, and social advocate. Yes, who uses her incredible talents in the arts to tackle some of the toughest societal topics. Her dedication to community service includes working with at-risk youth, former gang members, sexual assault victims, and teenage mothers. And I'm telling you, everyone who's listening, you've got to hear her story sometime. Her not-for-profit educational theater company, EMG Education, has performed special assemblies on topics such as mental health, bullying, and racism, in over 150 high schools across Ontario 
impacting over 70,000 students and counting. CBC Canada has recognized her as one of the 150 Black women who are making Canada a better place. Among her many awards, she is also the 2017 recipient of the Harry Jerome Awards for Social Advocacy. And I was there at that gala, as was our Prime Minister, and it was amazing to see her receive that honour. Cheryl is co-host of See Her Love, a nationally televised women's talk show on Yes TV and a great friend of Gather. She recently founded and developed the Lighthouse Project, a faith-based mentorship program where she currently mentors over 40 people. Cheryl is an active board member with Brave Canada, a catalytic movement for at-risk girls, and she also sits on the National Steering Committee for Power of Her, a World Vision initiative for marginalized women and girls globally. So this is the woman <laughs> of the hour, and I'm just praying that you will get your headsets on, that you will get a pen and paper handy, get ready to literally lean in to this conversation, true conversations on allyship with Cheryl Nampard, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Have a good listen. Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by Women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. We are grateful for our sponsor partnership for Season 3 with Sisterhood YXE and Lead Women, a women's cohort designed to provide women with a graduate education in ministry leadership that empowers them to bring transformational change to their churches, communities, and world with full or part-time and geographical flexibility. Find out more at horizon.edu. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Well, hey everyone, welcome to True Conversations. And I don't know if you're like me, but I've had so many conversations where it's been me and another person or me and a group of, of girlfriends. And we start to dive into really important things that we think, oh, we should record this. We should be having this conversation with, with more people. This is an important one. And I think these two conversations have given us a platform to really have important conversations, but they're all important. So how do we decide when we gather like this on behalf of Gather Women, what to talk about? Because we can talk about a lot of things. Well, the conversation we're having today is one of those conversations that we cannot not talk about. It's real. It's now, it's about sisterhood, it's about allyship, it's about coming together, it's about raising the, the value of all. And so I'm so excited that you have decided to join us today for our conversation with Cheryl Nemhart. This conversation really streams directly out of the values that Gather Women has had since inception. One of them is that we are invitational. We say that everybody has a space at the table and if there's no space for you, we're gonna create one for you. You belong here. The second value that we've had since inception is harmony. Harmony embracing diversity. We cannot do anything when there's just a melody line. We need harmony, different voices, different timbres, 
different everything. And that's what makes this beautiful. And so this conversation today really streams out um, out of the values that Gather has to say, everybody belongs at the table and the diversity is what makes us beautiful. But we know that sometimes in the diversity, there are challenges. It's complex. How do we appreciate the differences in each other and actually recognize the fact that we are all different? We've had different life histories. We have different cultural uh, de uh, definitions around who we are. We have we have different um, different experiences based on family of origin, based on even church denomination, based on theology. And we find ourselves in a culture right now so diverse and so divided that we are hoping that these conversations at the very least start to take down some of the walls, whether they're assumptions or or presuppositions or misinformation that we have carried with us. We, ne we, need ha we now have the opportunity to confront and say, okay, what is true? What is going to be true in this conversation for you? So we just invite you to lean in, to learn, and challenge you um, to, to come from a humble posture and say, okay, what is it for me in this moment that I need to be aware of? I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. She is a sister. She is a friend. Do I dare say she is a diva? I don't know if I can or not. Not <laughs> but today. I, but she, she is. She Four hours is. Sleep. <laughs> and she looks fabulous and she is fierce and fabulous. But what I love about her is that Cheryl Nemhard does always bring the truth, whether it's on a large platform or in a conversation like this. Let me tell you about her. Cheryl Nemhard is a dynamic international speaker, author, podcast TV host, and social justice advocate who also uses her artistic talents in film and theater to tackle some of the toughest societal topics. This woman has a voice and you need to hear her voice. CBC Canada has recognized her as one of 150 Black women who are making Canada a better place. Cheryl is co-host of See, Here Love, a nationally televised women's talk show on Yes TV. She recently became a published author of an interactive journal for girls ages 12 to 18 entitled Brave, This Is Us. Oh, I love that. And Cheryl hosts On The Path podcast, a weekly inspirational podcast available on all platforms. So because we are also in a season where we feel that we need to pass the mic to those who really have something to say, and this is their time, and it's our time to listen, I'm going to hand it over to one of our amazing Gather interns, Shireen Spencer, who will be facilitating and moderating our conversation with Cheryl. Here we are. Here we go. <laughs> yep. Thank you for this uh, opportunity to be able to engage in conversation with Cheryl. That was quite an introduction for Cheryl. Um, she has accomplished a lot. And so, yes, she does have a voice that we are looking forward to hearing and listening to. Um, Cheryl shares from her heart, and I'm looking forward to hearing the answers that she has to the questions that we are going to pose of her. And so, Cheryl, hey. here's our first question. What's up, girl? Uh, and I know that on your few hours of sleep, you are still going to bring it. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. I said, see, I showed my Pentecostal there. I said, Holy Ghost. Holy That's Spirit. <laughs> That's okay. I need you. <laughs> and that is who we need, right? So right. here's our question, our first one, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Ha, this is quite a moment in history. 
and a moment in time. How has this moment in time impacted you, not only as a black female, but as a social justice advocate? Um, so you've got a lot of lenses to enter into this time from. Um, talk to us about that. Okay. I absolutely will. I just wanted to say I want to have a fun moment with my girls. I'm in my studio downstairs. It's a basement renovated into a studio. And the the largest spider just oh. joined me. Oh, so no. we're going to keep an eye on the spider. Oh, no. And we're going to do what God has called us to do. Because I feel your not, anxiety, Cheryl. He's not giving us it. a spirit of fear. <laughs> um, any spider uh, haters, you just, just just let me know I'm not alone. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. Some hands in the building. Um, so this moment in time is, um, it's beyond significant. It's, it's uh, overwhelming uh, in the worst way. It's overwhelming in the best way. Um, it is a beautiful, messy, hopeful, painful time. It is a mix of the both. And this is the tension that I, I believe is such a glorious time for the church to arise because that's what we are shaped for. That's what we do best. We shine a light in the darkness. We are there in the middle of tension uh, to be that voice of reason and equality and safety and advocacy um, for those that understand what the gospel truly is, you know? And I've been really on this, this tip that, you know, as a reminder, I've been saying in a fun way to every believer, every female, every pastor I've been speaking with on Zoom calls, global leaders, check the fine print is what I've been saying in a fun way for them to get it. Check the fine print. What did we sign up for? We signed up for moments like these. This is what we have. When we accepted Christ and stepped into covenant, did we understand what the gospel truly brings with it yes it is absolutely love and peace and joy but the gospel of jesus christ is a gospel of equality yes the way jesus stood in the gap for women and the marginalized you cannot question that moment you can't question that those moments of teaching where we are to model after that it's 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 a it, you know the advocacy at the advocacy the speaking up the standing in the gap of um, the protecting the the interceding for um, it's a gospel of of reconciliation across all dividing lines you know all of us as as Kathy said so perfectly all nations all tribe now adopted now crying out Abba Father all children of the Most High God it's it's an incredible time when we understand. The, the, the position that we've been placed in. And so I think I'll add, uh, you know, black woman, social justice, but believer, because that's the, that's the stuff right there. You know, when you see it through the eyes of God as an opportunity and not as an obstacle, as a, as a moment of change and not a moment of crisis, your posture completely changes, you know? And, um, and lastly, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of social justice. This is the moment. This is why she was made. This is why the church was formed in fashion to speak to the, um, you know, truth to power, to tear down demonic systems. And let's not mince words here. Yeah. Racism is a demonic agenda. It is, uh, it's not of God. It is anti-Christ. And so uh, we understand that we can combat that with the most powerful force we have, yeah. which is the love of God. 
the love of God will crush all evil, all darkness, all sin, all fear, right? And you, and and if we can be honest, the the genesis of of racism at the core of it, when you scratch it all back, like I deal with a lot of at risk youth. And when I move away from these places of hard anger and rage and bitterness, there is either two things. When you pull it all back, take some work. There's either woundedness, yes. deep hurt and pain, or there's fear. Yes. And I feel like at the core of racism, there's a fear of the unknown. There's a fear of the other. And there's a, there's a, there's preconceptions and wrong ideas and stereotypes and all. Many things have fed into this fear. And, 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 and so there's, and that has morphed into, I just don't like them. Well, why? I don't know. I, they just make me uncomfortable. Well, why? I don't know. It, nobody has the language that nobody has the history. They can't find the, the, the starting point of it. It's a conditioning that has happened from the enemy. It's, it's really a demonic system. Like it, it just, there's so many layers to it, but I am super hopeful in this moment, you know, with, with the, with the Goliath on the battlefield that we're facing, I am super, super excited because God has raised up a generation of Davids that will not fear. Wow. God has raised up a generation of people that when other people are running away from the Goliaths, they're like, no, I know the God I serve and I know the love in my heart and I will not bow to this enemy of racism. I won't give into it. I won't feed this monster. I will stand for truth and love and equality and justice. And so it's been an incredible time seeing for those that have not been silent, because we have to talk about that. There's some people in the church that are silent and I just, I can't, does not compute, yeah. does not compute, you know, um, to stand beside someone that's a, a girlfriend of yours and a guy comes up and is like, you horrible female, slap, slap, I hate women, slap, slap, who would ever stand by and allow that to happen and not feel something, say something. So when the church is silent, it's a very dangerous posture to take because the silence, it, it, it indicates some things either truly or falsely, because that's the problem with silence. If you don't speak, someone will speak for you and they'll fill that silence with their own narrative. So the church needs to be clear on this in this moment and on this point and stand on the side of justice and do what Jesus did. Flip the tables, flip the tables. It is social justice time, right? Wow. Okay, Cheryl. Hmm. Did I answer? Did I say too much? No, you didn't say too much. Was like, it, and another thing, and another thing, and I, yeah, no, 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 I'm not no. fired up about this at all. No, they they need to be said. Wow, just uh, read the fine print. I, the, I yeah. love that. Check the fine print of the gospel. Check the fine print. What did you sign up for? What did you we, did you sign up for pot roast dinners and uh, mashed potatoes, or did you sign up to be an agent yeah. of change in this moment? That's and what I we're, just. I just think that that's so amazing because that's where the church has lacked, right? We've missed the fine print. And then then you said, you know, do what Jesus did and he stood for social justice and, you know, flip the tables so many times. And, and you said that it is as a de de demonic power and, and we have to fight it in that way. And just even the way you're speaking with your passion shows us, yes, there's an answer to this. And it even with the love of Jesus, Jesus did respond with great passion and feeling, and Jesus did respond with action. And so many people don't want 
people to do that. They, they think that love means that it has to be really nice and comfortable. And there was something else you said about that whole discomfort. And so you said a lot. I think we're going to have to listen to this over again. Oh my gosh, Cheryl, because we're going to move on to the next question, but go ahead. I just want to say, um, there comes a moment in every follower's life, you know, the believer of the way where we will be called out of our comfort zones. It has happened in everyone's life at some point where we've had to say, am I okay with this? And this is one of those big moments. Yes. And when you, when you talked about the fact that it's either um, like one of the reasons is, is hurt or fear and, Mm -hmm. and fear usually even hurt breeds a desire to be in power because you want control. And so we know that that's what has happened and we have to find a different way. And so what you've said has been gold. And I will move on to the next question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the next question is, and you kind of started on it, but what is the hope? It's just, I just want to say for those that are following along, there's literally a spider. It's like, it's like, it's like this big. It's like this big. I'm having a moment. Yeah. It's on the wall over here. I'm just tracking it, but we're, (laughs) God has not given us a spirit of fear, ladies. Let's go. So what is your hope for the church in this moment. And you started speaking of that, but the other part of this question, you also started speaking of, what are your concerns? Um, and, and Cheryl, we'll give you a moment to kill that spider or pick it up with a Kleenex if you have one. It is so huge, guys. Okay. okay. We're gonna just pray for you while you speak to us. Um, <laughs> we might have fun, I'll let you see it. It'll be great. And then we'll kill it. We'll have fun together. Yes. You you just 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 do this when it's in your view. All right. Because <laughs> it's it's a common. All right. So go ahead. What what is your hope for the what church is my hope? in this okay. moment? And what um what are your concerns for the church in this moment? Um <clears throat> I don't think I've ever been more excited to to be a believer than a time like this. Um to see the church um be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to acknowledge some hard truths. Um, I've seen, as many I'm sure have had opportunities to listen to some really brilliant, but hard discussions, needful discussions, necessary. I would almost say overdue, long, long overdue discussions, Mm -hmm. but so good to see people Stepping into this moment, the church um, has an opportunity to be the heart of God, to to extend hands and feet, to be the voice of God. Um, And I see a lot of traction happening. (laughs) We don't see it yet. (laughs) You're good. Which is a problem because it literally was like heading this way, which means it's come to a lower level. So. Okay, we're good. Yep. Yep. Sorry, ladies. This is fun. You're going to remember this this interview. Okay. I just don't want it. Like, next thing, it's like a movie. It'll be, like, right here on my hair. You're um, going to be good. <laughs> we'll save you. You're going to be good. We're praying. Yes. We're praying. Um, here's, the, here's the concern I have with the church. I'm excited to see what's happened, but uh, what's happening so far. I am disappointed for those that have tried to excuse away um, anti-racist, demonic-structured 
behavior that I don't think like it's like who could ever have a reason to explain or justify racism. It's like, let me tell you why Hitler was actually a good guy. What? Like it's it's that ludicrous and crazy. Um, and so there's been a few conversations where I've been concerned, um, but on the most part, the church is mobilizing. Here's my big fear. Um, the church, for whatever reason, we have been accused, let me put it this way, we have been accused of not always leading the way. We have been accused of sort of being behind the times, the moment, uh, we're st- I mean, we're, there's some churches that are still debating, do women have a voice in the church? Like, what are we, is this Flintstones? What's happening? Like, I don't understand. And so like that's, and so when the world sees that stuff, they're like, forget you. And so the world is charging ahead and the church is doing its part, but I don't want the church to be caught up in a trend. I want the church to be caught up in a movement. And a movement doesn't have an expiration date. A movement doesn't require all hands in. A movement doesn't require whether it's popular or well-received. A movement is a movement. It it shakes, it disrupts, it unearths, it moves mountains and obstacles. And I am concerned that the church is mobilizing because they have to. I am concerned that, and this is, I'm not blanketing, just, in general, I am concerned that the traction that I'm seeing um, is is trended. And so, in other words, my Black life right now is quite trendy. What happens when the hashtags dissipate, the spotlight goes away, the, the cameras are turned off? I, I It's like if I could ask the church, will you still be with me? Will you still stand for me? Will you still fight alongside me? You know, will you will you will you will you tur- flip the tables with me when needed, or is it? Phew, that's over, and we looked good. Optics were great, guys. Yay for us! PR problem solved. I, I just want to know that there are some authentic pockets of believers that are like, no, my eyes have been opened. I have been awakened to a reality that, and there's no judgment, guys. I'm not coming with a. How did you not? Hey. My eyes have been awakened to a reality that I didn't know fully. I am forever changed. This is a long game for me. That's what we need right now. And I'm concerned that we're going to see a, 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 a sort of an, an exodus once this moment has passed. Doing a spider check, you go ahead and ask your next question. Wow. Uh, again, Cheryl, you have hit me with that response. I'm, yeah. I'm even just working through something this morning. So even just hearing you say you're concerned about whether or not this is a trend. Or Everyone is chuckling at me as I turn. Or whether or not guess. this is a real change or whether or not this is just for the moment. And yeah, that my black life is a trend or, or you know, there's so many, because as, as the church is trying to deal with it, there's still so many sides to it. There's still so many people on different sides, even black people on different sides of the coin or different churches on different sides of the coin. So for you to ask that question, is, is the church really going to stand or is this just a trend or, you know, wow, that's, that's a big question because it really hits to the core of have we read the fine print? And it really hits to the core of reconciliation unto God 
because it's reconciliation unto God and restoration with each other. And if those two things don't happen, then you're right. It may be a trend and that kind of hurts because now it's popular and now it, it's a good thing to be part of, but what's going to happen when, um, I didn't think of it that way, but that has really got me emotionally because I, I want to know that this is going to be a lasting change yeah. and agreement among believers. And, and can I say, can I say why this is so critical right now? And I'm just like, I've been on a zoom call every other day yeah. and I'm saying this is, you will, you will, you will stand to be really shocked with, with, with God's heart on this. If you think that this is an outside problem and you're just stepping out of your walls to help fix and okay, guys, Jesus love, um, the racism is out and in. Mm -hmm. And that's why you cannot step off this moment. Mm -hmm. Because there is division in the church. There, is, yes. there are biases yes. fully at work in the church. There is supremacist thinking at the church. And I don't mean I'm putting on a, a hood. Don't get me wrong. I am talking about everyday supremacist thinking. I am better than you. Yes. This, I, I've got, in my mind, I've never shared it, but I've got a little sort of chart of who ranks top and bottom by culture. And everything I do comes through that lens. And my speech betrays me. My actions betray me. And you think we don't see it. We see it. We feel it. We know it. And the people in your church that are not white feel it, see it, and know it. So what are you going to do? It's not an outside problem. It's among us. It's the enemy among us. Shall I say that? Yeah. The enemy among us and the elephant in the room. Right? Let's do our part now to help those navigate uh, this moment well. And I've actually had some questions. So hopefully this question will answer the questions that people have led. But what should we be doing? Yes. In terms of what is it time for right now? And Cheryl, yes. what shouldn't we be doing? Got you. Got <laughs> what you, sis. Is it not time for? Got you. Right. Came, came packing. Came packing. Um, I am so excited. I'm a teacher, so I'm just gonna teach this moment and try to pull all the all the zest out of this so that you just get this. And if someone's taking notes, it'd be great to just type everything I say. I thought I'd make a cool acronym so that it really sticks with us and we can we can really plant it in our heart and it becomes easy to, to recall. What we need right now, what your non-white brothers and sisters, the family needs is allyship. And we've that's why we're here today. We need allyship, but what is that word? Because many people are sort of throwing it around as a real, um, if I can say it, if we're not too religious, it's real, it's real sexy right now. <laughs> you know, allyship. Oh, I'm, I'm an ally. And okay, well, let's let's talk about what that is. Let's break that down. So, a, in order to be an ally in this, a true ally in this moment, you have to be willing to do the un, the most uncomfortable thing first, and that is to acknowledge that you are a benefiter of white privilege. And here's that word that makes everybody cringe. And I get you, sis. I get you. It, it's, argh. but, but if, if I, I did something really cool, if you are thinking even now, oh, there's this word I want to get off the call, white privilege, if I hear it again, I have a cool litmus test for you. I got five questions. <laughs> this will just help you 
I'm just going to help you get there. If you're 80%, let me be the 20, okay? Um, I do not fear that I will be killed by the police. Okay, maybe we'll do this. Um, if, 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 you, if that is you, just put your hand up. Let's just be, let's have an interactive room. I do not fear being killed by the police. Okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna play a Yeah, this is good. Um, I am, um, mm, let's do this one, which is nice. Okay, I do not worry about my children experiencing any harm because of the color of their skin. I don't, they may get harmed for other things, but not because of the color of their skin. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't do that. I can walk behind people or move about in a store without any suspicion that I am in criminal activity. Hands? Yeah, we, we get it. We get it. Okay. You don't have to do any more hands. This, this one is fun. Um, I do not have to change how I speak or act in professional settings in order to get respect. I am who I am authentically. See, so th there's these types of things. Um, um, there's one more, I'll do that. Which, okay, I can travel alone without hostility. I have, I have, I have 50, but, and they're all, they're all, yeah, I have, it's, it's a, it's just a little, like ch check thing. And I'll probably send it to you, Kathy, if, if it's of use for people, but I'm sure, I think the people in the room are all justice warriors. So that there's not that problem. So acknowledging that you are, uh, that there's a disproportionate advantage um, in your way of being in life than there is in mine is, is step number one. You can't be an ally without that. If you're arguing with me about, no, we're absolutely the same, all opportunities, all, it, it, it just won't work. Um, the L's are two L's. Um, this is a time, if you want to be an ally, to listen and learn, and this is what you're doing. So I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I'm so proud of you guys for being in the room. This, this is, this moves my heart as a Black sister. Like, I get emotional looking at your faces because you took the time out of your day because you want to learn and grow and be part of the change. And so that's key. Uh, listening, learning these moments. Thank you, Kathy, for providing this forum and uh, reading podcasts, just those types of things, learning more as you go. The why is very big. If, if wherever you are able to, yielding space to diverse voices is part of allyship. Giving people of, of uh, you know, a POC, people of color, um, places and spaces to lead, to teach, to share their experience, to have the mic and share their stories. So important. Uh, the S is then we're asking you to, to, to stand alongside us. But here's the fine print of that. It may be uncomfortable at some times. Uh, it, it, taking a stand requires you to lose skin in the game. And that's where we get into a very different type of allyship, which I'll break down in my P. Um, so standing alongside is all in, um, challenging, I will be with you and I will speak to the issue. Standing alongside means I will not allow racist activity, jokes, moments, uh, actions, 
if I can make you a t-shirt, it would say not on my watch. Not on my watch, not while I'm here. If you guys wanna do that while I'm gone, but while I'm here, I don't feel comfortable with that. And actually doing more of that, right? Um, H, to help us push the needle forward. I want you to understand that it's not enough right now to just be disgusted by what you see, broken by what you see, even enraged. I know some of you in the room, you're enraged by what you see right now. It is, and let's move from there. It's not even enough to say, I'm not racist, so this moment doesn't include me. You now have to move to the next level, which is to be anti-racist. That's a different posture, that's active. To be anti-racist is to look in your world where racist systems are at play and to do your part, whether big or small, to address them, to acknowledge them, to speak to them, to break them down. Anti-racist is different. Not being racist is still in your own home. I'm not racist. What's on TV? But I'm anti-racist, which means this is my sister. And I, you know, she's an amazing preacher. And I don't know why we've never, in our women's conferences, asked her to preach. And I think this is a perfect time, like that kind of, right, okay, good. Uh, where are we? Uh, eight, I, we're at I, allyship, right. I, uh, I need every person who knows how to pray. Let's not, let's not just talk sort of everyday stuff. Let's, we know where true power lies. We know where true power lies. We need you to intercede in prayer right now. Prayer breaks chains, moves mountains, shifts atmospheres. If we don't believe it, um, then you know we might want to we might want to do a little 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 Christian one on one on that because prayer does change things. It does. That's why we're, it's why it's why we believe what we believe. Last P. Are you ready for this one? I got to switch notes for this. P is that we need you to to dedicate yourself to not be a performative ally, but an authentic ally. Can I break it down for you real quick? So a performative ally is someone who is bandwagoning at the moment, but will jump off. Someone who is doing this or stretching or extending because it's a PR moment. It's good for the brand. Uh, they're managing their public profile. Those are the incentives. There's not any real justice thing happening in their, in their hearts. Um, a performative ally is someone who um, is still carrying white fragility and is defending as they go and arguing with Black people about their Black life. I, you know, I love you. Not you. Not you guys. <laughs> None of you guys. But I've had people that are like, well, it's not, you know, in the 1700s and actually the slave ships. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Why am I arguing with you about what are you doing? You're, it sounds more defending than anything. Just don't do it. Um, if you're resentful throughout this whole moment and you're doing what you're doing and you're resentful doing it, you feel forced, you feel pushed into this moment. It's not authentic. That's performative allyship. Um, if you have a thought that everyone's doing it, so I got to jump in because I'm going to look weird because I'm, not, I'm the only one not, that's performative. If, uh, if you're speaking or your church is speaking after they've been called out, that's a good test right there, that the next few moments are performative and not authentic. We're talking about intention, right? Intention. This one's big. 
This is a new new phrase that you may not have heard. If you have, it's great. And doing a spider check because I am still spirit in human form. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. This is what we call showing receipts in our culture. I have had moments where people have said, um, you, you know I'm not racist. And I'm like, I, I don't know that you're not racist. You will know if you're not racist. Um, well, I've done this for you, Cheryl, and I've done that, and I've helped Black people in Africa, and I've fed this, and I was in Uganda, and I did four missions trips, and then there was this Black boy on the street once, and I have a Black neighbor, and my friend has a Black friend, and I got, you're showing your receipts, this is, that that's performative allyship, there's no, nobody's giving cookies out, You if you heard that, that was a wrong announcement on the PA system, there's no, there's no bonus for that, this has to be from the heart. Um, last, uh, if, if this is all about optics, if this, if this is any, if you're benefiting from your allyship in any way, it's performative. Can I tell you what authentic is? And I'll end here. And I feel like there's a lot of authentic people in the room. You're willing to take risks. You're willing to hold yourself and others accountable, not just today, but going forward. That's, that's someone that has decided to be an authentic ally. Brand and PR and reputation, not a concern for you. Never, probably never has been, or if it was, it no longer is. You just don't care anymore. You wanna do what's right. You wanna be on the right side of justice. You are dedicating yourself to education, which is what you're doing. You're learning, you're reading, you want to know more because you understand that it has a lot to do with uh, fear of the unknown, uh, no knowledge of the unknown, and you want to know. So you're having conversations, coffees, teas, you're sitting in rooms like this. This is big for an authentic ally. An authentic ally examines their own privilege and decides, this is the shift, Shireen, that you're going to love, that they will use their privilege to help. One of the most incredible things that makes me cry when I think about it, there are cops right now. Oh gosh, sorry, I didn't think I'd get emotional. Black Lives Matter protests happening all over the world. Guys, all over the world. Guys, Spain, Germany, like Munich, Berlin, to the two hundreds of thousands. It's, this is global right now. It's, it's, it's beyond the US. And uh, cops are coming in and ready to like beat and drag and uh, cops were trying to attack uh, a black woman and a white woman came in front of her and put her hand up and then another white woman and then mother started to come and they built this wall. And that is metaphoric of what I'm talking about, about using your privilege, what you know would never happen to you, like standing on it as a card, right? It's like, it's like cash. It's like, I'm asking you to cash out, cash out your white privilege now. Cause you'll, you'll, you'll get it back. It's, <laughs> it, it doesn't deplete, you know, we're, I'm black all day. You're white all day. Cash out, cash out your privilege, right? Use it when you can. Um, and then you realize that this is not about you right now. You know that there's a bigger um, challenge, a bigger opportunity for you, and you just want to play a part. And then this is the last one, that you're willing to sit in discomfort. And that's, that's tough. You're willing to, to sit in the discomfort of it as you're exploring yourself, looking around, checking your own bias, you're, you're, you're asking God, show me me and do the surgery and 
when I think about this as a perfect analogy, my friend Danielle Strickland, my girl, oh my goodness, we had a great talk, not plugging, but if you follow me on Facebook, guys, and you want to talk about where we go from here, Danielle and I had an incredible Facebook live conversation, and it's still on my wall, and she said this, if you see racism as a cancer, think about any friend that's ever had cancer in your life. Most of us all have that close experience. Uh, chemo is one of the most violent, painful, like almost to near death. And you, you, you put the body through almost this near death experience to put burn out or, or, or uh, erode the cancerous cells. So, it, so surgery is not comfortable. Surgery is not uh, easy. It's painful. It's hard. Chemo is, is almost close to death, that painful. But, but you are determined to remove the cancer. So you're willing to do what it takes. By I hope any that answers. Possible, right? That, uh, uh, yeah. that, that interview on Facebook between Cheryl and Danielle was a good one. So take a listen if you can. Um, and that cancer analogy is a hard one for me. Yes. But... Um, you do what you have to do by to for, be well to be well by any means possible and you know what you've said somebody i heard somebody else in a different conversation you've described authentic allyship and so you've made being an ally a very good thing and so thank you for that i've heard somebody else put it this way i would rather have an accomplice than an ally um and so because you've defined the differences, like a lot of people, they're allies, but they could be secret partners, right? Or they just, they go away and they can hide and nobody knows they were an ally, but an accomplice gets caught in the act with you. And so this authentic allyship is exactly what Cheryl's talking about. We want you caught, caught in the act with us in standing, not even just for justice, mm -hmm. but standing for the fine print standing for Jesus, you know, whose side are you on? Not on Cheryl's side, not on my side, not on the black side, not on the white side, you're on Jesus's side. And so um, just even what Cheryl just said is just, is pointing us to that. It's saying, stand on the side of the Lord, whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. And you know, that's so hard, Cheryl, as well, because I'm going to throw this question out to you because so many times, our, our white friends and even our black friends will say, but I heard this black person say this and I heard this black person say this and they're not the same thing. So how do you say racism is real, but this one says it doesn't? Or I even talk about Black Lives Matter, Cheryl. And, oh, if you're a Christian, you can't support Black Lives Matter. And again, whatever the political stance is, the truth of the matter is still Black Lives Matter. Whatever, if you want to do it according to that organization, or you just want to do it according to biblical stance. So how do you deal with the the division even amongst Black people and then the division amongst Black people that white people are using to make their argument? Um, easy, easy. Uh, I can answer that in 30 seconds. Majority rules. Majority <laughs> rules. If, if, if Kathy told me, Cheryl, your, um, your sweater is white with some sort of cream leopard spots and it's all furry. And then Sharon said the same thing. Carla said the same thing. Stacy said the same thing. Pauline, Joanna, Ruth said the same thing. Vanessa said the same thing. But maybe you said, no, Cheryl, it's a red sweater. More than likely, I'm going to go with the majority. 
And the people that are saying, no, there's no racism, the Candace Owens of the world, I'll say it. I, weird, one, odd here. If, 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 if hundreds of thousands of millions of people are saying, we are being treated unfairly, help. Um, I don't think people would put their lives on the line and protest and like engage the way they're engaging if this wasn't a real matter. Second, I don't, I don't subscribe to any organization. I'll tell you as a believer, I know that Black Lives Matter, I have a couple of problems. This, I'm not aligning myself to an organization. I am aligning myself to a, a divine, godly ideal. Amen. That the life of my Black sister and the life of my Black friend and Black neighbor matters like yeah. mine matters. That's it. Thank you. So then, Cheryl, what do we do from here? What are some of, I think you answered that when you went through your whole allyship in terms of what are some of the next steps that we can take to, to keep the move going forward um, in terms of racial equality and justice. Right. And um, combined with that question is just that whole idea of, is there a difference between personal and corporate responsibility? What can a single voice do or say? as we think about how we can go from here and move forward. Um, St. Francis, uh, uh, Francis of Assisi said this, sanctify yourself and you will sanctify society. And that's one of the things, when I go back to prayer, prayer is so big. Prayer is big because it changes things. We have to wholeheartedly believe that. We step into that reality as, as Christians. We have seen it work in our own lives. We know it to be true. But prayer is so key because prayer changes us. Mm -hmm. And in the changing of us as individuals, our heart and our mind on things, it changes our world. And then if our world changes, then it changes and affects other people and it goes out. And so this is a moment where I think singularly, you can have an absolute like paradigm shift for yourself, your mind, your heart, has been broken wide open and you are shifting. That is like catalytic guys. That will launch movements because it changes the way you live and what you will not tolerate. And in your own world, you're, you're standing in the gap. You're those white mothers that stood in the gap for that black mother that was about to be attacked and said, no, not on my watch. And I know that you won't hit me, but I know you would hit her. So I'm going to stand and I'm going to use what I'm going to use the privilege that has been worked against this, this family of ours. And I'm going to, the Bible says that um, God specializes in turning that, you know, what was meant for evil and harm that God, and this is a promise we hold on to that God turns it around for his good. Well, why don't we do the same? Why don't we walk in that sort of posture that what was meant for evil and destruction and division and hatred? And can I say one more? Because this is huge. And, I, and I've seen this literally in my own life every day. And the discomfort, it's not that I don't hate you. I'm just not comfortable. But that's not good enough anymore. Mm -hmm. We should not be uncomfortable around anyone because of the color of their skin. It's like saying, I'm just a little pregnant. <laughs> are you pregnant? Just a bit, kind of. I'm not, I'm just a, you're either pregnant or you're not. You either have bias or you don't. And you've got to do the hard, tough, internal, spiritual work 
of checking yourself right now. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think all of us will be going back and listening to this again because we are going to be wanting to take all the gold that we can um, because this is truth right here. And it's truth that's aligned with the fine print in scripture. And it's truth that is also telling us this is not going to be easy. And this is going to be a journey that hurts and is uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. And we need to get past our discomfort and sit in it. And then once sitting in it, we have to act. It's not enough to just, and, and that action starts in our small spaces and in our small circles, one person at a time. Um, and so we really do appreciate all of that you've shared. Uh, somebody is asking Cheryl, yeah. if you can please repeat the two L's in allyship. Um, yeah. So uh, a a acknowledging acknowledging your uh, position of privilege. Um, L is listening and learning. That's the season that we're in. Uh, it, you know, it's that time of of of, of sitting in humility, repentance, whatever that looks like for you. But just this quietness of like, I don't know all the things, let me listen and let me learn. Um, uh, The why was to yield space. And this is maybe for those that can, that are in positions of leadership or have a a, a pull to try to yield position and space, carving space at the table for diverse voices. Let's amplify voices um, of color. If, If, you know, it's gotta be the kingdom of God on earth. So we've got to, everything we do as a church body, I believe, should reflect the kingdom. If it looks like homogenized, like one of too many things, that's not the fullness of the kingdom of God. Um, S was to stand alongside. H was to help push the needle forward by not just saying I'm not racist, but moving into uh, uh, the work of being anti-racist. That's more of an active, continual um, work. Uh, where are we? You're at I and P. They just needed L, but go ahead. Oh, I. no, complete I and P. Go ahead. Uh, I is to intercede. We need strong intercession. I want to intercede in prayer. We got to put that in for these ladies here because these are prayer warriors in the building. And then P was to to almost make covenant with yourself because the pressure is it, it, it'll come up. You'll Now that you know, and I'll send this to uh, Kathy. Um, the, the difference between authentic and performative, you'll be like, oh my goodness, it's, it's, I've got to almost make these daily decisions just not to be performative as, in your allyship, but to be truly authentic. It's, it's very, it, it looks completely different to us because we can, and I, hello, just want to let you know, we can see the difference. Amen. Thank you so much, Cheryl. We, you know, I had a conversation with somebody that talked about the fact they said, why do we have to keep making this about race? And, you know, I had to answer when I said, you were born into your white race and I was born into my black race and it was your race that made it about race. And so it's the positions that we are both finding ourselves in and somebody has to do something about it. And our responding to that is not making it about race. It's already been done. It's already been about race. And so, ladies, everything that Cheryl's saying is, is, is that we have to deal with that demon and that monkey in the room on either sides that we're in. 
we've had to be the people that have been experiencing what has been made about race. And you've been those people that are experiencing the privilege of being born into your race. And both of us, it's a no fault situation. It's not a blame situation, but to be truly allies with each other, we got to go through all of those letters and search our hearts. And so thank you for being on this call. Thank you for sharing with us, Cheryl. Thank you for listening with us sisters. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and so we just keep moving forward from here with uh, hand in hand through the hard things with each other. Um, I'm going to invite, uh, invite Vanessa to lead us in some prayer because I think I got to all the questions that were asked. And you showed. did. You did great. You did great. No, no, no. I meant that other people asked. <laughs> oh. They were combined. So I think we were able to answer that. Um, I, I hope so. I don't want to leave anybody's question out, but I think did it, I did. Is there, is there like one really burning question that somebody wants to ask? I don't want people to leave. Yeah, me too. While I'm here. If you didn't write it and you want to ask, please let me know. And then if not, then we will invite Vanessa to pray that the seeds in our heart and then the world would change. While, while uh, people are writing, can I just say 15 seconds of something real quick? Uh, the verse that people try to use against this moment, uh, especially with believers, and we got to be careful. Um, you know, we have, we've, we've had a bad history. I say we, collective, I'll throw myself. The church has had a bad history of twisting scripture to fit the moment rather than conforming their lives to fit the scripture. And, and that's a posture of holiness and righteousness, which is a hard, harder bend. Um, but this sort of neither Jew, neither Greek, neither Gentile, can I just explain that real quick? Um, there were divisions and camps and wars and like um, strong, op- like opposing feelings and like people were taking strong sides. And that's, that's what it is. It's to not let your culture be a point of division and, uh, and, and grouping. Coming into Christianity does not cancel out my culture or my ethnicity. I think it's so, and, and, and I have to say that because that is what happened. The painful history of slavery is that that is what happened. You will not speak your language. You will not worship Jesus this way. You will work, you will get on your knees, stand up, take the sacraments, stand up, kneel, stand, you'll do it our way. And and uh and and stop the singing and stop the lifting of hands and just, you know, and and it, there's been this sort of like this Christianity has become almost a race. And Christianity is not a race. Christianity is a way of living in communion with God and to me. And this is where, can I say this? This is where America has had a big problem because to them, Christianity is race and race is Christianity. And that's why you see Ku Klux Klan members sitting in churches, taking pictures. And it says, Jesus saves. I saw that picture yesterday. I almost spit out my, my water in laughter. It says, Jesus saves modern. It's like last year. And they're all in their hoods because they have blended this idea that Christianity means a race. It, it is, it's not. It's not. So my Christianity doesn't cancel out my culture. Can I say this? My Christianity is enhanced by my culture. Our experience is enhanced. The richness of our life, the tapestry of friendship and worship and prayer and language, it's the kingdom of God expressed on the earth. Amen. And that picture is beautiful because when you think of your creative God and the fact that we're all made in his image and the fact that he said we're fearfully, wonderfully made and he said it is good and he's well pleased with it all, He's pleased with the 
acknowledgement and the seeing of color and race. And that's all part of his tapestry of unity. And so you are so right. Christianity is not a race. It doesn't cancel out our color or our creed or our anything about us. It just brings the creativity of who God is. Amen. And Cheryl. And now here comes a prayer warrior, Miss Vanessa. Let's go. Let's break those chains. <laughs> what an honor to be part of this conversation. Can I just acknowledge first that every single time um, there's a need to educate I understand the pain that that brings back to the surface. And it's not just past pain, it's present pain. It's the triggers every time the conversations and you have to share one more example. It just reminds that it really brings the triggers. And so to all my friends around the world that have um, moved into that stance as I take a learning posture I just want to say thank you and I want to also say we acknowledge that this is just so um, so now and not just in the past and so first of all we just declare over you over all of our black friends and people of color refreshing like a refreshing and a healing and even as you declare that the yesterday moment and the this morning moment that you just continue to be um, poured back into because it's merely not right that you have to educate us and we commit to taking this learning stance without always having to ask you to the point where we're so in your shoes that we would just know what that feels like and that's that's been our commitment to moving forward as a local church here in Montreal. And so we love you and we just say thank you once again because you walk away from these conversations. We carry, we're responsible now that we've seen and heard, but you live this out and um, we're committed to being allies, kingdom allies for the rest of our days in Jesus' name. So we love you and we thank you. And let me just pray. It's a prayer um, actually from the Anglican Church of Canada. And I, I loved what voice it gives. And so let us just pray together in such a posture of if we were in a room, our hands would be held and our hearts would be knitted together. And so Holy One, creator of all that is seen and unseen, of story and of song, of heartbeat and of tears, of bodies, souls, voices and all relations. You are the God of all truth and you are the way of all reconciliation. Uphold with your love and compassion all who open their lives in the sacred sharing of their stories. Breathe in us the grace to trust your loving forgiveness that we may face our histories with courage, touch us through the holy gift of story that those who speak and those who listen may behold your own redeeming presence. Guide us with your holy wisdom to enter through the gates of remorse, that our feet may walk gently and firmly on the way of justice and healing. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you invade the places and spaces of our hearts? of our souls, of our minds, of our hands, of our bodies. And I just declare your forgiveness and your healing 
I thank you for this conversation. I thank you that you would slow the world down enough to listen to your heartbeat in this season. And I pray that you would keep us in the slipstream of what heaven has opened upon our earth. And I thank you as Revelation declares that we will in heaven continue to worship as every tribe and every tongue declaring the name of Jesus Christ as Lord. And I pray that in our lifetime and on our watch, we would experience that taste of heaven here on earth. And may the church, your body, be on the front foot of this. May it not be behind, as Cheryl declared. May it be carving out and paving a way for new ideas. Even in this phone call today, would you just awaken us to ways we can continue to stand in the pathway of justice and be solution? Would you raise up leaders into every sphere of life that would be willing to count the cost and, and, and pay the price for the way of allyship. And I pray this into businesses, into the justice system. Would you raise up policemen and women that would literally change the culture from within? And would people be believers before they would just, um, just lose their integrity in the moments where they can make choices? I pray this in the marketplace. I pray this in media. I pray this in the education systems, in our families. And I declare this most of all into the church, that it would stand, stand as the mountain, Mount Zion. It would be light and it would be healing and it would be peace. And the river that would flow from the church would be for the healing of nations. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much and Kathy is going to give some closing remarks if you need to still ask any questions you can do it on our gather uh true conversations page and uh Kathy Vanessa Cheryl will will feel free to answer those okay. um if you have a minute do visit Cheryl at her her store opened up today oh thank you any of the things that and and I do visit you. gather at our store as well because we want you thinking on what is true and uh so just bless those places and wear the truth on you so people can read it <laughs> we'd love you to do that yeah I have a cool shirt that says I am my sister's keeper hashtag no more silence oh, amen Kathy so as we close we just want to um, again, thanks, Cheryl. Um, this is just the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg. And as a movement, we say that we're here for the long haul because the nation needs a lot of transformation and it needs our voices. And so we're committed to allyship with you, Cheryl, and to this movement for the long haul. And so I'm going to push my needle from um, comfort to a little bit of discomfort for right now. And I want to see us, I just had an image of us standing in front of you and taking bullets <laughs> as mm -hmm. your sisters. And that's, that's how we do it. So I'm just gonna declare a couple things in closing over all of us that we would rise up and we would learn to use our voices in this moment um, for, for the good of us all, for the good of us all. Anyways, this is what we declare. We call out the sins of racism, cruelty, and white supremacy no more. We name the economic injustices, the educational inequalities, 
the maternal mortality, the movements and systems designed to oppress and murder all of the countless ways that the image of God is abused and mistreated and broken or diminished. We call it out and we name it for what it is. Powers, principalities, systemic evil and justice, and we cast it down in the name of Jesus. I pray and I declare that we would continue casting it down with our whole lives, every corner of them, I pray that these powers and principalities will be weakened in the world, cast away, broken, and dismantled forever. May we work to call these things out and to dismantle them from our world systems and from our own hearts. So I declare that we will boldly speak truth to power, equity to injustice, strength to weakness, and beauty to brokenness, all in the name and power, the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you, sisters. Thanks for joining us today. And Cheryl, a special blessing on you and your family today. God bless you. Okay, everyone. <laughs> what did you think of that? And I'm wondering if you resonated with the question that Cheryl asked. Did you sign up for pot roast dinners and mashed potatoes at church? Or did you sign up to be an agent of change? And for so many of us, you know, we do a little. Uh, we do our acts of service. But really, we were all created to be agents of change and transform our culture. So your voice is needed alongside Cheryl's for now. I love the fact that uh, she talks about the church as having an opportunity to be the heart of God, to extend hands and feet to be the voice of God. And if you don't know what the voice of God is, well, the voice of God was manifest through Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus was all about justice. Justice was always on his mind. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of equality. And if we represent him and follow him and speak on his behalf, then we also need to be agents of equality. So here, let me go through the allyship acronym that Cheryl used, just in case you missed it. So A, acknowledge your position. L, listen. L, learn. Y, yield space. S, stand alongside. H, help push the needle forward. I, intercede in prayer. P, not be performative. And I've got to tell you, this last word was a challenge for me because I wondered how much of what I do and how much of I want it, how much of what I say is trying to give an image of somebody I maybe not. So as I've leaned into conversations over the last several weeks on TV, seeing the news of um, the tragedy of diminishing certain lives beneath others because of color, I have been really devastated. <laughs> My heart has been torn apart because I realize I need to learn more, I need to speak more, I need to come alongside those who are living the story of injustice each and every day. And so I come along Cheryl gladly. I use my voice alongside hers gladly. And we at Gather are loving to create space for this conversation and more to come. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Her Influence podcast for this true conversation with Cheryl Nemhard on allyship. We hope to see you on the ne next episode. Go to our gatherwomen.com um, 
website. You'll see all kinds of information there on ways that you can engage with us at Gather, ways that you can track with us, ways that you can join us um, in our circles, in our book studies. Uh, We're offering so much to the women of this nation. And one of the things that we're offering is trying to open up space for these conversations that are for us here and for us now. I hope that this week you are going to get out there and be a change agent. I hope that you're going to speak up for something you you are willing to live or die for. That's what we're called to be, not on the sidelines. So, hey, girls, if I can do it, you can do it. Okay, we love you. We see you there in your spaces. And we know that we are going to get through this season together. We know that we are here to be the hands and feet of God in a hurting world and to be part of unity. And, you know, one of our gather values is harmony through diversity. And so let's create some harmony this week, shall we? Okay, until next time, Kathy Ostapchuk signing off. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence Podcast. Download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Go to gatherwomen.com for show notes, resources, and events in your area. We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations, and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.